So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales, or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds, like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on. But when it's like, oh, we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening. It's like very different. (laughs) And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency era historical fiction for you, Sam, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up. Dipsystories.com slash just break up. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Sam and I wanted to take a moment to explain explicitly thank all of our listeners on the first episode of 2022 for what was a really successful year for us as a podcast. You all supported us on the transition to Spotify exclusively, and then, you know, the transition away from that exclusivity. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. And we would be nothing without our listeners. One of the ways that you can help ensure the sustainability of this podcast is to support us on Patreon. Uh, If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. And if you support us for $10 a month, you'll get that bonus episode as well as a video recording of it. And we will shout out your name on one of our episodes, which is exactly what we're going to do right now. Yeah. So this episode is actually brought to you by some of our amazing patrons. We want to say thank you to Emma. Thank you so much to Allie Kay. Thank you to M. Thank you so much to Katie Vogel. Thank you to Emmy. And thank you to Sabrina Hersey Isa. If you want to contribute directly to the sustainability and success of our podcast, or if you just want to like say thank you and buy us a coffee, head over to... Or if you just want more content. <laughs> <laughs> head over to patreon.com slash just break up pod. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like clothes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> feeling like you're being hidden and dealing with our partner's jealousy. Mm. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed mental health practitioners. Although I will say that my friend's mom listened to our podcast and she is a mental health practitioner and she is recommending us to people, oh, which was so flattering Hi, to me. Hi, friend's mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Catherine, if you're listening to this episode, uh, thank you so much. Made my year. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, this is all to say that we are not professionals. We may not be your cup of tea. Honestly, the energy that I'm starting 2022 out with is the fact that we recently got a three star review because somebody hates my laugh. And so I no. just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, no. I just, somebody went to their phone and like actively was like i'm gonna rate this podcast because i don't like this woman's laugh and honestly you know in years past i think that would have crushed me and but instead in 2022 i'm just gonna be like you know what my laugh isn't for you <laughs> that's right it's not and so this is all to say you know some of our our advice might not be for you we're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding hopefully and maybe some laughs but not like annoying laughs that you don't like yeah. <laughs> um on the incredibly rewarding and mostly confusing experience that is love welcome to 2022 sam First, thank you yes. it's so nice to be here can you believe that we've been doing this podcast for three and a half years now no that's wild that's just wild <laughs> yeah can you believe it's 2022 no what? i can't the year i will become a mother isn't that crazy <laughs> that's wild that's what i've been yeah. reflecting on lately um that's great all right y'all so new year we're not going to do the typical new year's like year reflection or new year's resolutions we do talk about that on this week's patreon episode if you want to head over and hear us reflect about our year and our goals etc um but before we get into this week's check-in topic i do want to shout out that we have our next head and heart work interview series um interview debuting this week on thursday and it is with evita levita loca sawyer's Evita is a personal coach that specializes in relationship dynamics and non-monogamy. Um, she is a polyamorous educator, speaker, teacher, and um, her Instagram is such a great resource for me personally as like an individual in a relationship, but also as a podcast host for mm. <laughs> relationship advice. Um, and I was super excited to uh, talk with her for this interview series because like Sam and I have expressed before that we kind of like, because we both currently practice monogamy in our relationships, we feel like... Um, you know, we we just want to feel as educated and as well-rounded as possible in the in the advice mm -hmm. that we give you. So it was so great to talk to um, a polyamorous educator. Yeah, for sure. I think it's definitely one of our blind spots as two people who have uh, like exclusively practiced monogamy or sometimes maybe not monogamy, but like not consensual <laughs> non-monogamy. Uh, listen, yeah, it was really great to listen to, to you. To be her. dragged like yeah. that, Sam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, no, it was great to listen to her. And I remember like after you had that conversation with her, which was like a, a couple months ago, like yeah. you definitely like came in with like a very different perspective to our, our conversations. Um, and also just like having listened to it as well. It's, it's great to be able to, to get a perspective that you and I don't have easy yeah. access to. Yeah. Um, and it's challenged us, I think, to open up our 
to demonogamize our, a our lot minds. of our thinking, yeah. mm-hmm. even as people who are in monogamous relationships. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, yeah ch- I loved it. And I'm excited that, that we got her to, that she agreed to come yeah, help I felt educate really us. Honored. Yep. <laughs> uh, so you can check that out. It's going to air this Thursday on your primary feed, wherever you get your podcast. It's an interview with Evita La Vida Loca Sawyers. All right. So our check-in topic for this week is actually inspired by a letter. So this is inspired by a letter that we got from um, Big Dreamer, whose pronouns are she, her, who's writing from Dreamland. Um, And so basically she asks, um, what is she asking? Okay. So basically she asks, um, how do you handle an ex fulfilling a dream that you once had together? So Big Dreamer's instance is that her ex quit his job and moved to a state that they had always talked about moving to that she still wants to move to um and just seeing all of that happen on yeah. instagram or whatever or hearing about it has like really fucked her up because she was yeah. like that's my dream that yeah. was our dream together and now you're doing it without me so like how do you handle the reality that our partners will do the things that they talked about with us Without us. Yeah, at some totally. Point. <laughs> and it, the, the salt in the wound was it was a particularly Instagrammable dream. Like he bought a van and like drove cross yeah. country, um, sure. you know, uh, live in that van life. And and yeah, how do you deal with people's lives going on like after you, but also them enacting the things that you guys talked about, like. I don't know. I think first, like you just like hurt. <laughs> I'm trying For not to real. laugh too much in this episode. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, that person what opened their app just to tell me they don't like their <laughs> like. I just don't. I'm just not. We are cut from the, the different cla- has con- cloth. Man, has convinced like, <laughs> thou- millions and billions of people that their opinions are important. <laughs> Says the man with a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay. Um. So. Listen, in the letter, the letter writer writes like, I'm happy for him, but man, I feel really confused. That was my dream. It was our dream. And he's doing it. And I think that's like, here's a perfect opportunity just to like invite those feelings in and validate them. Man, I am happy for him, but I am really confused. This is making me feel a lot of conflicting emotions. This is making me feel jealousy, sadness, regret, like maybe if maybe a sense of lost lost feeling lost you know mm-hmm. and the first thing i would do is just invite those feelings and and validate them we you know we joke on this podcast a ton we laugh and we, and the podcast is literally fucking called just break up but like all of this is painful <laughs> you know mm-hmm. feelings feelings are complicated and painful so so the first thing we can do is just like accept them that it's okay to feel a sense of loss or remorse or jealousy or confusion when an ex goes on and does the thing that you guys dreamt of doing together Mm. yeah it's one of those moments where you can say to yourself of course of course i'm feeling all of these things of course course i'm i'm sad of course i'm jealous of course like (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't those emotions be the one that come up when you see this thing of your ex fulfilling the dream that you had together without you? Like all of those emotions are absolutely legit. Also, one of the things that we can do is limit our access to uh, seeing the Mm -hmm. the things that our Mm -hmm. exes are doing by unfollowing or um, by blocking, right? It doesn't even have to be a block. It could just be an unfollow or a mute 
right? Like there are, it is really difficult to expose yourself to this thing that causes you pain over and over and over again, right? right. And I know that social media is like ubiquitous in our in our world now, um, but it doesn't have to be that way, right? We can we can use our imaginations to say like, what would it look like if I didn't scroll through my feed every day and see this man doing this thing that I really yeah. wanted to do with him, right? What would it look like if I just just muted it <laughs> and totally. like didn't didn't look at didn't it, didn't have to subject myself to, myself to that pen, mm -hmm. right? Because like before social media, remember, like we didn't have to see these things, right? Unless right. our unless our ex was famous, right? <laughs> like we didn't have to see pictures of their cross country trip. We didn't, and so like our brains are just like not equipped to be able to like handle that over and over and over again. Like it's just too much stimulus. Yeah, totally. And I also think like going into this next year, it's it's a great time to remind ourselves about abundance. And I don't, this is not the abundance. The abundance I'm speaking of is not the abundance of like, everybody gets a van. <laughs> everybody gets mm -hmm. to quit their job and drive across the country, right? That's not the abundance I'm talking about. The abundance is saying that that is his journey right now. And this is my journey. And that the abundance is allowing yourself to feel these feelings and then allowing yourself to find comfort elsewhere. Like, I think we deny ourselves a lot of comfort in the sake of scarcity or in the name of scarcity. And, and we think, well, this is his dream and he took it from me. Well, that's not necessarily true. It was always mm. his dream and it was always your dream individually. I know that you had that shared relationship vision, but allowing both of you to have ownership over this thing, this separate thing for each of you, because you're both individuals experiencing the world on your, in your own reality, that's a different form of abundance, right? It's saying that like, I have my dreams, I have my experience, I have my emotions and I'm going to make space for all of it. And so is he. And, and that's mm. going to create some painful experiences or painful emotions, um, but just reminding yourself that, I don't know, the, the multitudes exist in that way, I guess. Yeah. Has this ever happened to you? Um, I think in less direct ways, like sure. um, an ex moving in with somebody or getting married or right, right. Um, an ex, oh, an ex becoming more successful in their writing career than me. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Even though like I was like the primary editor of their work um, and taught them everything uh -huh. that they know. <laughs> Off air, we're going to talk about who you're talking about now. <laughs> no, I did never. I would never want to talk about that in a million, in a million lifetimes. You y'all will never hear me talk more about that. Um, <laughs> uh, what about you? Um, no, but I also don't spend a lot of time on my exes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I don't follow, I don't follow any of my exes on social media. Like I don't need to know who they are and what they're, what they're up to. Like go live yeah. your life. Be happy. I wish you all the best, but it doesn't need to be anywhere in proximity to me. That would be great. Yeah, totally. Not to say that this isn't hard. Um, big dreamer, but take some time, take some space in this new month, in this new year to figure out, you know, what are ways that you can acknowledge that this is happening. And also the fact that he's doing this thing that you guys talked about doesn't actually take away from our lives, right? Mm. If, 
so often I feel like, like I was saying about abundance and scarcity, like we feel robbed of something instead of just feeling the feeling. Like Mm -hmm. if you let yourself feel the feelings, then you're, then, then there, he's no longer taking this dream from you. You're just feeling the feelings Mm -hmm. and then you can go get the dream in your own way, independent of this person. For sure. So yeah. You ready to get into some letters? Let's do it. The first letter of 2022. Ooh, what an honor. (laughs) This letter is coming to us from Julie, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from Spokane, Washington. I've been in a relationship with Ben, he, him, for a little over seven years now. At the beginning of our relationship, I was in my early 20s and wearing clothes that weren't provocative, but more so in style, think crop tops, short shorts, etc. I've never felt uncomfortable in my own body and never saw an issue with showing a little skin here and there. After about two years into our relationship, Ben started voicing his concerns over my choice of clothing, and he thought that I was asking for attention from other guys while we were out in public. Think sweatshirt, not long enough to cover my butt and leggings. I told him that I was comfortable in the clothes that I wear, and I thanked him for voicing his concerns, but that wasn't the reason for my choice of clothing. As the years have gone by, I have definitely succumbed to my boyfriend's clothing preference, always wearing a top that is long enough to cover my ass, even when wearing looser pants. I feel like I have to ask permission for my clothing choices that might be a little out of the, quote, now normal styles I've been wearing. I feel like it's silly to think this, but I feel like I have no sense of what my clothing style is anymore and feel like I've lost a part of myself and feel defeated that I've allowed this to happen. I want to go back to wearing clothes that I enjoy and feel good in, but I'm not sure how to have that conversation with Ben without it blowing up into something more than I just want to wear the clothes that I want to wear. I don't feel like any of my clothing choices have been slutty or shameful, but I just don't feel like myself anymore wearing baggy clothes all the time. Am I thinking about this too much? Is this normal in a relationship? Should I meet him halfway with my clothing choices in the future? I don't know what to do. Mm. Thank you so much for writing, Julie. Sam, you were making some faces while I was reading this. Do you want (laughs) to unpack that with me? (laughs) Um, no, I think, uh, my, my heart just goes out to you, Julie, that you feel like you've sacrificed something that you really enjoy or that you, um, that you feel like is a part of who you are or a part of your understanding of yourself, um, in order to like sort of keep the, the water still or like not ruffle feathers with your boyfriend. Um, I'm disappointed in your boyfriend as I am in most (laughs) men, um, that the idea of you wearing clothes that you like is somehow inviting other men to like ogle your body and objectify you. Um, which is like, of course not true because you are allowed to wear whatever you want. And it is up to the men to not objectify your body based on what you're wearing. (laughs) Like that's not on you. Um, and just like this trope that I have seen in relationships of men, um, controlling what women wear because of the fact that they don't want other people like looking at their, their possession, I guess, um, is just really frustrating to me as is all of the patriarchy and misogyny that exists in our world. And I am feeling less 
uh, sort of soapboxy, self-righteous about it and more just like disappointed. Like Tired. that's the, that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the leading feeling that I'm coming with in this conversation. Yeah, no, I agree actually. Like I think in, in maybe the first year of our podcast, this would be like a very ranty response from us, but, mm-hmm. but what's making me feel less ranty is the exhaustion of the multiple layers that are, that's going on here. Like the, right. the couple threads that I can pull out immediately is like one, the idea that your significant other's body is a possession for you to monitor how it is perceived by the outside world and how that, that is right. the responsibility of you and your partner, like as though you can control how the rest of the world perceives you know like as though dressing quote unquote more modestly is going to somehow make your relationship better and more safe like i i just feel like that's such a false sense of security you know that the it's the idea of saying like oh my god if my boyfriend never hangs out with another woman if my hetero boyfriend never hangs out with another woman he's not going to cheat on me that's but that's not a real that's a band-aid for a wound of insecurity within you, you know? Right. And so there's yep. so that I'm I'm unpacking that. And then at the same time, I'm also unpacking the idea about cl- that clothing could and could not be slutty. Like I don't know, y'all. Like I'm pregnant. I'm like getting ready to have a baby in a couple months. And I've been thinking a lot about like color choices and the way that you know, pink and blue for girl time, boys and gender, blah blah blah. <laughs> um and I've been thinking a lot about how like I Willow and I are not dressing our child. Um, this is a little tangent, but hey, first episode of 2022. Why not? Why not talk about <laughs> something not? totally unrelated? <laughs> I'm not going to dress my child androgynously because clothing doesn't have gender. <laughs> we sure. prescribe yeah. the gender to pink and floral things. We say this right. is a girl's thing. But if I was having a baby boy, I would wear that. I would let that child wear whatever he wanted to or they wanted. Right. Um, and similarly i'm trying to in real time i'm trying to unpack the idea of like that we like to prescribe promiscuity onto clothing but Mm -hmm. like just like pink clothes don't have a gender (laughs) you know revealing clothes don't have proclivities (laughs) it's they're (laughs) they're literally fucking objects (laughs) they are Inanimate objects. <laughs> yep. And so yep. for us to like the audacity of our human brains to be like, oh, wow, a short skirt means this. It's just like, man, we love to make inanimate things incredibly animate <laughs> and incredibly, <laughs> uh, you know, s- stewed with meaning and, and implication. So like I'm struggling sure. with that also because the in addition to being disappointed in the boyfriend and in in addition to like actually feeling very, I relate to Julie in the sense of like wanting to do what avoids the conflict, wanting to make my partner feel secure, you know, like in the past Mm -hmm. I have, I have made Mm -hmm. dress choices to make my partner feel secure. Like I want to acknowledge that. And I also want to be like, well, what does slutty clothing mean? (laughs) Like, what does that fucking mean? If you're in a fucking committed relationship in whatever form of of relationship you've agreed to be in, how I feel like it's so 
I feel less ranty this time around because I feel tired at the at the thought of trying to unpack that clothes don't have proclivities and limiting the outside world's access to your significant other's human moving functional body like you know short short like legs and short shorts walking from the grocery store to the car (laughs) like that's gonna save you from this from from struggle that's gonna make your relationship better like i just think it's like such a false um shallow sense of security and hey y'all this is what we signed up for year (laughs) coming into year four of head and heart work we're digging in deep we're not just ranting about booty shorts you're allowed to wear booty shorts. You know what I mean? No, for sure. I'm more well, ranting think, like, why are you uncomfortable with booty shorts? <laughs> no, and honestly, because it's like, I think why I'm so disappointed instead of anger, angry, is that because I can see the wound that this boyfriend is exactly. carrying around exactly. his own experience of the world, right? Like, oh, it must actually be really hard to move through the world trying to control other people in that way, right? Like, what is the story that he's telling himself about his own worth if he has to say, like, you can't wear slutty clothes because I'm afraid other men are going to take you away from me, right? Like, that must be a hard place to be as well. Like, I feel that, like, and I see that wound. I'm also just really frustrated, too, with the fact that the wound is being enacted on you, Julie, as opposed to right healed, <laughs> right? right, or examined more closely, Um, And that's the work that we're asking ourselves and all of our listeners to be doing is to like look at the wound, not at other people. Right. Like not at the the, Mm, what we've decided is the problem here. Right. Like, no, what is broken? What is telling me the story that like my girlfriend can't wear clothes that reveal more than that reveal literally the shape of her butt. Right. Right, (laughs) Like that's what we're talking about here is (laughs) like if we don't know what butts look like. (laughs) <laughs> As if we can't imagine what that butt is going to look like, even if it's covered in clothes. And right? that like, if somebody could imagine what the butt looked like, <laughs> it would mean that my girlfriend was somehow less committed to me. Like, right? what? I, like uh, I'm, but I'm, I get it. Like, I'm that's the issue, too, is that like, no, like it's like it, I deeply get it. Like, I understand I know, why I that is. That is the the line of thinking, right? Because that's what we've been taught over and over yeah, again. Yeah, honestly, like, here here's the humanizing moment: is that like I one of my exes was like very comfortable with nudity and would like often be skinny dipping with friends and stuff like that, and that deeply challenged me. Deeply challenged <laughs> me. Still to this day, yeah. it would deeply challenge me because of what how I have been conditioned to think about. I don't know sanctity or like. Mm-hmm. Um, ownership, you know, this is y'all and this is the perfect plug, um, Julie, for you to listen to and start following, um, Evita Levita Loca Sawyers on Instagram, which is the next head and heart work series that comes out this week about polyamory. And again, the, like Sam said, the reason why I was most changed by this interview wasn't that like all of a sudden I told my wife I wanted to have an open relationship. It was because all of a sudden I was trying to to unpack the monogamized lessons that I had been non-consensually given by mm. by my conditioning. We we were conditioned to think if someone can see your the shape of your butt in fucking yoga pants, that means that you are what less theirs somehow that you're right. theirs to begin with. <laughs> you know, like it, <laughs> right. I, I, it 
unpacked a lot for me. So, and, and the reason why I shared the, the skinny dipping X story is just to say like these, these wounds are in all of us, like Sam said, mm-hmm. and I'm um, not to, I don't want to disparage the boyfriend. And I, and I definitely don't want to make you Julie feel away because the, the other reason why this letter is so uh, challenging or like tiring in a good way for me is because in this instance also, honestly, Sam, I might be like, well, we have a great relationship. So it's so easy for me to give up this small part of myself, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. the truth Mm -hmm. is that like I could see, and I can see it in the letter, like how easy it was to, to avoid that conflict, to not trigger my boyfriend's wounds and therefore slowly, slowly swallowing a tiny teaspoon of my identity every day until all of a sudden you're like, this doesn't feel like me. Who am I? How do I express myself through clothing? Which is something that, which is a valid form of self-expression, right? Mm-hmm. That is For more sure. or less important to you as you deem fit. Um, I guess on that note, I just want to say like, I want to give you Julie permission to think that this is a bigger deal than it is. I don't want, I don't think that this is like a major red flag because it's so common. Like Mm -hmm. this bothers me. This definitely bothers me. And I don't, I wouldn't allow for this in my real, my own relationship, but I, this is not like, I hear you going back and forth in the letter about like, I don't want to make a big deal about this. Is this normal? I don't want it to turn into a huge issue. I just want to wear the fucking clothes I want to wear, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I hear you trying to like minimize it so that it is just as simple as it is in your mind, which is just clothing. Right. But I, Mm -hmm. I want to give you permission to just at least in this instance, take up space. This isn't a reason to never talk to this boyfriend again. This isn't a reason to, um, I don't know, key key his car as Sam is afraid of, but, (laughs) um, do not key his car, please. (laughs) But this is a valid conversation. Hey, you've been together for over seven years, seven years. Right. And so Mm -hmm. at this point, I hope that you're able to bring something to him and to say, Hey, we obviously have built something together, but there's, there's a flaw in something that we built because I don't feel like I can show up authentically because at the core of this wound is that he doesn't trust you. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is what I want to make space for, right? Like I want to make space for your authentic expression of yourself. And I also want to make space for you in this seven year relationship to practice a little bit more trust, to practice a little bit more vulnerability in the, in having this hard conversation. For sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, you don't owe him anything. (laughs) Like in terms of the way that you dress, like um, you don't, you, you could start dressing the way that you want to dress and like not have this conversation if you wanted to and only address it when it comes up and he says something to you. You can also pull him aside and sit down and say like, hey, I'm going to, I am going to start wearing different things because, you know, I feel like I've lost a part of myself by um, dressing in ways that that are baggier clothes or whatever it is and saying and I think honestly being really honest with him about some of the stuff that you talk to us about in this, how it's felt for you to to be like you feel like you have to to be aware of 
how he's feeling about what you're wearing and how that has caused you to not want to wear certain things, even though, or it's caused you to not wear certain things, even if you would want to, um, and sort of lay all of this out and, you know, continue to let him know, like what I wear doesn't have anything to do with whether or not I love you or whether or not I'm going to remain faithful to you. It is really just about what I like, how I like my body to look, the things that I like to wear, um, and that's that's really the long and short of it. Like, that's all that's at stake here. It isn't right. about other people or their responses to it or us being in like any sort of situation. Um, it really is about just me and what I want to do. And I hope that you can see that and I hope that you can support that in me because this is something that is important to me and is something that I feel like I've lost over the course of our relationship that I really want to get back in touch with. Right. Yeah. And. And it's about trust. It's about building building a sense of security within discomfort, right? Because it will mm-hmm. this will make him uncomfortable. But you have a yep. right to make your partner uncomfortable to 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 be more authentically you, to ch- to 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 really challenge the idea of trust and ownership in your relationship. You you deserve all of that. And so does sure. he. And so does he. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Um, All right, my darling Julie. Obviously, this is a little bit more tricky than just like wear that crop top or don't wear that crop top. But you know that (laughs) Sam and I are voting wear the crop top. (laughs) 100%. 100%. We love you and we hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. 
Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which... (laughs) Um, I am never not in slippers, and these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers, and I love that they're slip-on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to, like, take the trash out in them while also, like, staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right. Our next letter comes from Danielle Bott, whose pronouns are she, her, and who is writing from Lost to the confines of social media city. Uh, Danielle writes, I've been dating my partner, he, him, for almost a year, and he is my first securely attached and healthy relationship. Woo, go me. (laughs) Given this, he moves at a slower pace. Yeah, (laughs) Stop laughing, Sierra. The people hate it. (laughs) People people hate it. I fucking get it. (laughs) can you imagine doing that <laughs> I fucking... no i couldn't because what i would do if i didn't like somebody's laugh is that i would just stop listening to the podcast no, like listen, i don't i love and appreciate all of our reviews so <laughs> i just literally willow got angry willow was like i'm gonna find them and i was like you literally can't like you don't know it's, it's like anonymous and there's it's nothing fine. to do like <laughs> We are not for everyone, Willow. That's right. We're not for everyone. And I love it when they tell us that as if they can't just like go live their lives without me in it. Like, why do you need me to know? Gosh. All right, y'all. Okay. I'll stop making jokes about it in a couple of weeks. It's just so it's deeply good. wounding and funny at the same time. Given this, he moves at a slower pace, which at first I thought was a red flag because I am used to passionate, fast-moving relationships. I've now come to realize that moving slow is not indicative of him not being interested, and I'm now grateful for the time we've taken to make sure that this could work. We still have not said I love you, and speaking candidly, I'm okay with that. We've met both sets of parents, have gone to weddings together, and for the most part, function as a solid couple. Where I find myself questioning things is social media. Dun-dun-dun! He is not an influencer by any means, but has amassed a small following as he is a photographer and works for an iconic sports team. He takes a lot of pride in his social media presence, and since being a photographer on the side, he is picky about what and how he posts. What concerns me and makes me feel uncomfortable is he never posts anything about me. We can go to dinner together and he will post the food, the experience, but will hide my tag so no one knows that he did that with me. I know he does this because it's on brand for his aesthetic, and he sometimes does the same for his friends and family, but I can't help but take it personally and feel like he is hiding me from the rest of the world. 
If you go to any of his pages, there's not a hint of me to be found, yet I've been part of his life for a while now. A part of me understands separating church and state, keeping his personal life separate from his social media life, but I am struggling to not feel like an active member in his social life, especially because there are photos of his ex from years back still on the profile. Granted, that was before he started branding himself and getting into photography to become somewhat of a person to follow. I now dread going onto social media because I can see all my friends, verified and not, posting photos slash videos as a couple, and I become overwhelmed with sadness that this is not my reality, especially because I am proud of us and I want to show him off. I found myself instead avoiding social media and staying off it completely. That way it does not remind me of what I don't have. Thank you so much for writing, Danielle Bot, and for listening. Um, yeah, Sam, do you relate to this question? No. <laughs> I thought not. But what if Peter had like a big following and that he didn't include you? Or let's see. What is like a non... Is there a non-social media comparable thing to this? You know, it's it was like it was like maybe Peter had like a big Dungeons and Dragons community and he didn't invite you to Ooh. any of it. I'm trying to think about like, a, you know, a level. Well, OK, the way that I'm thinking about it is like. If Peter didn't talk about me at work, mm. how would I feel about it? Right. Because like to me, this is what is really at play here is that like his social media is his brand. Like it's his work because he's yes. a photographer and like he's trying to build up you know, following so that he can continue to get work or whatever it is. Yes. Um, and if Peter didn't talk about me at work, I wouldn't care. <laughs> like, honestly, like, All right, I'm going to, I'm going to ask he, a like, ton of petty questions that I don't yeah. necessarily agree with. What if he worked with a bunch of beautiful gay men? I love imagining this in my head. <laughs> like just imagining Peter like surrounded by beautiful gay men all the time. I love it. I love it so elementary much. Elementary school teachers. Yeah. <laughs> That is a fucking right. wet dream right there. Let me tell you. Yeah. I mean, I think if he didn't tell his like colleagues, like the people that he's close with about me, I would feel a certain type of way about it. Um, Here's right? a comparable like, you know, He has thing. friends at, at, at school. And if he didn't say like, I'm married to this man, I would be like, what the fuck? But like, if he doesn't tell the front desk lady, like, I don't care. Yes. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a great. Okay, great. I'm glad I asked that question. Another thing is like, um, uh, my writing website mm -hmm. like my social media right now like i have amassed a small following through my writing career and then through the podcast um yeah. but it's my personal social media it's always been my personal social media before it was like any sort of marketing tool for my professionalism and so i obviously i choose to post my life on it because it's my personal instagram as well mm -hmm. as my professional but my website SierraDemolder.com, my my website that has like resources for my writing, for my writing mm -hmm. career. I have w like Willow's not on my website. So maybe that's a better way to think about it in terms of like, is it his mm -hmm. professional acquaintances or is it a professional resource? Right, right. Are, are, am I being hidden? <laughs> Oprah style. <laughs> Are you hiding or being hidden? Are you being hidden? <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. That's, Sam and I can't bring up that Oprah meme because we just... We just... We just... We took it too devolve. far. We take it way too far. We're, we're like, were you or 
were you was? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, anyway, so, okay. I forgot t- to start this letter the way I always want to start a letter is by saying, hey, Danielle, let me validate your feelings. You're not crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not crazy. You're not being needy. You're not being um, a bad girlfriend. You're just experiencing feelings, which I don't know, the world benefits from us experiencing, like, the world capitalizes off of our insecurities and especially in relationships, especially this being your first secure one, especially somebody with an anxious attachment style, like social, you know, just like you said, you wrote from the lost confines of social media city, social media city loves to make us feel insecure and loves to, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Loves to distort importance, right? Mm-hmm. It loves to distort mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, reality, you know, not only does it show us the shiniest, most polished, most photoshopped versions of people's lives, even mine, even mine that I like share, um, like personal shit on it and first drafts, Same. I, I still, it's still a heavily curated cross section of my life and social media distorts the idea of intimacy. It distorts what is important. It distorts what is true and vulnerable with what is consumable. And so it's hmm. totally valid that you want to be on this page, right? That that would somehow, again, going back to the wound, right? That would somehow put a Band-Aid over the wound, right? It, it would say, look, he is proud of me. He wants to post about me. He wants to share me with his people. But is that the place is that is that really what is required of his social media? Because something's right. being distorted here. Don't get me wrong. This would trigger me too. <laughs> but I would sure. have to do that wound work and think, okay, what is this page for? How is he showing up in my life? And how am I, how is social media distorting this action to be more meaningful and more soothing than it actually is. Cause it's not that right. soothing if he posts you once. And also mm-hmm. the, I, I get that he has the pictures of his exes, but you're right. That's from a different time. And like, maybe he realized from that relationship that he doesn't like posting his personal life on his social media. For like, sure. Right. Like maybe he just feels differently, but that doesn't mean he like y- you have the healthy relationship with him. The ex doesn't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that this is a place to really lean into some curiosity around this, right? Because like, I think that we might be a share, like assuming some shared meaning around what our social media are for. Right. Right. And it's like, to me, it sounds like your boyfriend's social media is designed to be about a brand, right? About his profession. Right. And maybe yours is about person, yeah. Like about you as a person, like, here's what I'm doing. And here's like all of the stuff that's happening. Right. And, and so like, how can you get really curious about what he's using that social media for? Right. And I think it's actually really appropriate for you to ask questions about it and to also share with him how it makes you feel that you're not like part of that brand or part of his social media. I think that that's an okay thing to do. Right. But then you have to accept the answer of why it's it's yes. not happening. Yeah, right? totally. Like, you can be really curious, but then you also have to believe the things that he's saying to you because my guess is, is that he's going to be like, well, I'm trying to like cultivate a brand and I don't want to put personal stuff on there because I want to keep it like, I want to keep it high level, right? I want to keep it about 
this thing or like these photos or like this experience. And I don't want to show people like the aspects of my yeah. life because I'm like trying to leverage this into like a bigger thing. Right. And I make decisions all the time about whether how what personal stuff I'm going to post on my social media too, right. With my 3000 followers. But like, there's stuff where I'm like, well, I don't need all of our listeners to know this part of my life. Right. Or like I, so like those decisions have to be made when you are a, a person who's trying to cultivate your social media as also an extension of your professional life. Right. Because I, another thing social media does is lie to us about its prevalence in our life. Right. That to be posted about on social media means that that is like the ultimate sign of a healthy relationship, which is just not true. My wife not doesn't true. have social media. <laughs> she can't <laughs> post about me. <laughs> and there have been studies that have shown that like the more couples post about each other on social media is like an indicator that their relationship is not healthy. <laughs> like I think about that all like the, the time. It's like a, like a little cross section of like the more <laughs> posts on Instagram, like the worse the relationship is doing. Yeah. I want to say too, don't let your wound um, like argue too deeply <laughs> into this for you. Like when, if, if you bring this to him and he says what Sam, you know, if he says what Sam thinks he's going to say, which is like, I'm trying to cultivate a brand and like, I don't want to put personal things in there. Don't let your wound be like, but, but you put personal things because you took a picture of, the plant in our apartment or, you know, like, mm -hmm. like I, I think our wounds are so good at finding more ways to be wounded. <laughs> like we just, <laughs> they just like love to like dig their own knuckles into their bloody woundy selves. You know, um, mm -hmm. I think that part of the head and heart work here is just saying is, is reflecting the secureness, right? Okay. So he doesn't post about me on his social media, but do I know his friends? Have I met his family? Is he committed to me in the way that we've de decided to commit to each other? Is the relationship vision and the boundaries of, of our relationship that we share, are, are are they explicit? Is he acting on them? You know, um, for me, an anxiously attached person, I have to continually go back to what I know is real. And social media isn't mm. real. Social media isn't real. No. It's not. It's not how I show Willow that I love her, right? I post about her because I'm excited about her, but that's because it's my personal thing. I don't put her on mm -hmm. my, I don't put her on my, my professional website that people go to, to find my poetry and my poetry resources. Um, so this is an instance of like self-soothing that anxious wound, you know, telling yourself that, you know, the, the, cause the real wound is not, Oh my God, I feel insecure because my boyfriend's not posting about me. The real wound is I am in love, unlovable. I am mm -hmm. undesirable. Uh, I am afraid at all times that he's going to leave me because everybody leaves me. Right. <laughs> or, yeah. be, you know, the wound is the idea that, that, that none of this is secure or stable. And guess what? Those mm -hmm. wounds are so fucking real. They're so real. They come from our childhood and from our past relationships. But in this instance, the wound is lying to you because him mm. not posting about you on his social media isn't telling you that you're unlovable. But the wound is telling you that, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, you have no control over whether or not he posts about you on social media, right? It's his own social media. He is a, a person who is separate and autonomous from you. So if you want to see, if you want to put social media um, or put your your relationship onto social media, like I'm sure you have an account, 
right? Like post the pictures that you want to post, right? Celebrate your relationship in a way that feels right to you and recognize that like the celebration of that relationship might look different to him because he has different priorities, because he's a different person with different experiences, because his social media functions differently for him. That doesn't mean that your way or what you want isn't valid or isn't great or real. It just means that they're different and it, that's okay, right? The fact that that you use social media differently or celebrate your relationship differently doesn't mean that he's not celebrating it, right? He's celebrating it by being with you, by introducing you to his parents, all those things that, that Sierra said. So remember that you have control over yourself and the things that you do. You don't have control over him and the things that he does. Right. And if this is, and asking yourself too, the question of what about Again, getting to that wound, what story am I telling about the health or success of our relationship if other people don't see it, right? If other people aren't noticing it, does that mean that it's less valid? Does that mean that it is less real? And who taught me, who told me that that is the way that relationships should work? That's how we how we measure their success. Because lots of people have relationships that are super healthy that aren't on social media, right? That's it right there. And I know all of our friends are like posting a bunch of shit about their their loved ones on social media for sure. And we might be surrounded by that. But I can guarantee you that there are a million healthy couples that don't post about each other because they celebrate each other and they love each other in ways that are not as as public or not yeah. as out there. Yeah. Absolutely. If I asked Willow to tweet about me, she would go find a bird. <laughs> 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 Dumb joke. All right. I'm done. All right, my darling. I hope that helps. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you so much. We love you. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Our final letter comes to us from Paul, whose pronouns are he, him, who's writing to us from Milwaukee, USA. I, 26 male, have been with her, my current girlfriend, 23 female, for close to two years, but have known her for closer to four. We met each other through mutual friends at work and continue to work together in different departments. After knowing each other for a, a couple of years, we slowly started hanging out separately from our mutual friends and eventually went on our first official date, although we didn't call it that at the time. When we initially started dating, I was married and in an open relationship, a fact that she knew going into our relationship and said she was okay with. However, early on, it became clear that she was not okay with it, going so far as to tell me I was cheating when I was intimate with my other partner. I tried to explain that it was not cheating given what we had discussed, but she did not really seem to agree and just wanted to drop it and ignore it and move past it. 
me not liking conflict and not wanting the relationship to fall apart allowed it to just drop. A couple of weeks later, my other partner and I mutually agreed that we wanted to end our relationship and become monogamous with our other partners. This was the first big issue in my relationship with my current girlfriend and turned out to be the first of many situations where it felt like the reality of what she was living was not the same as the one I was. We have consistently been on different pages when it comes to things like that and getting on the same page seems impossible she has gotten upset with me on multiple occasions because another girl was talking to me whether it be a coworker discussing work-related issues or my roommate's girlfriend asking how my day was in passing she told me that since i quote cheated in the past what was to stop me from doing it again During this particular argument, I told her that if I was hurting her that much and that she could not trust me, then maybe we should break up since I did not want to hurt her. She left without saying anything, but came back a half an hour later and said she didn't want to break up and that she trusted me and that she would work on not getting upset whenever another girl talked to me. I accepted this as growth, but the actual enacting of the growth has been extremely slow with her telling me a year later that it was sus that I changed out of my gym clothes into nicer clothing to go to a grocery store with clear with a clear implication. She will also get upset if she asks me to hang out and I have other plans already, so much so that I rarely make other plans for fear of getting a call and then not hearing from her for days that she is, because she is upset. All of these things led me, again, to try to break up with her, explaining that I did not feel like I was able to be myself, but she argued so much against it, listening to all of my grievances and promising to try hard to be better. She was better for a couple of months, but in the few months since then has almost completely regressed. I recognize that I'm miserable a lot of the time and that the good Mm -hmm. times do not outweigh the bad. But my struggle is that I know she loves me more intensely than I have ever been loved by a Mm -hmm. partner before. And I know how heartbroken she will be if we break up. I just can't bring myself to do it. I'm hoping you guys can give me advice on if the relationship can be saved. And if not, how can I go about breaking up with her in the best way to cause as little pain as possible? Mm. Oh, Paul, thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this letter. Um, Yeah. You know, there's this like underlying theme in these letters uh, this week. And it's it's a lot about the wound that we've been talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this is a perfect um, letter. Before I get to Paul, I want to address some of... um, other letters that we've gotten in the past, I I really love letters that we get from listeners who, that are saying, listen, I'm struggling with my jealousy and I know it's, I know I'm wrong to be jealous, but I'm having mm-hmm. these hair trigger responses. I feel so insecure when my, when my partner goes to work with other women or I feel so insecure because he's got, a, he's friends with women or, or, or whatever gender or whatever scenario we're talking about, um, I, I really appreciate this letter from Paul because it highlights the emotional labor of receiving that jealousy. For and, sure. um, you know, I am or slash was a very jealous person. And it really it really grounds me to hear Paul write about the receiving end of this constant fear that 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 he's going to leave her or do something wrong, you know, like um, Mm -hmm. the, 
I don't want to say irrational because like we all understand where jealousy comes from, but like I'll, I'll use it tentatively. Like the, the labor that irrational jealousy requires of its significant others, like the labor of um, the letter writer in, about clothing, you know, like slowly, mm-hmm. slowly swallowing tiny parts of herself so that she doesn't upset her boyfriend or, you know, in this instance, like not making plans so that so that the other partner can won't be challenged, won't have that wound triggered. Um, so I, I don't know, like I, I, I appreciate this letter because I hear myself in it from years ago and um and it just, it reveals to me so beautifully, like, okay, the next time I feel jealous, I'm going to stop. And instead of making my partner do the emotional labor that temporarily soothes my wound, I'm going to stop and actually acknowledge my wound and actually see what what is this that's causing me to feel so much fear and so much anxiety. And how can I soothe myself how can i tell myself that i'm lovable that i'm worth tr- uh, that i'm worthy of trust that i'm worthy of whatever partnership i want um it it this letter po- makes me pump the brakes in my own wound processing that was a lot of words yeah. to say <laughs> i hope that all made sense no it all made sense no i appreciate the vulnerability of of sharing that um and i think yeah, this has been a, a episode that's been a lot about people's <laughs> insecurities and like the way that those play out yeah. um, and the way that they hurt other people when we're not paying attention to them, right? Or we're not sort of doing the work that we need to do to to acknowledge and, and deal with the wound, um, which is all to say, Paul, that I'm I'm so sorry that you're experiencing this, right? Like the fact that you even say in your letter, I'm miserable most of the time um is just so sad for me to hear like I don't I really don't want you to be miserable anymore um and I recognize like Sierra and I talked about right Sierra Sierra sees herself in your girlfriend who's causing you to be miserable right like I think that we can deeply empathize with the fact that she has a wound right and that that insecurity is playing out in really really damaging ways for you and for her too right like i'm sure she's not really happy in this relationship either right like i think i think the miserableness is like pervasing or pervading everywhere right um and at the same time that doesn't mean that the behavior that she's exhibiting is acceptable because it's not it's not right holding you right holding you responsible for something that you both agreed to as a punishment is not, is not acceptable behavior, right? Like you, you were really clear about the, the, the confines of your relationship and the parameters that this relationship could exist in. And you did things within the agreed upon parameters and she's punishing you for it, right? Like that's not your fault. That is, that is on her. That is, that is the, an issue for her to figure out and not to continue to punish you. And We've seen this behavior a lot of folks who are really, really toxic in relationships. And then when the the threat of the breakup happens, they're suddenly like, yes, I know. I know I've been toxic and I'm going to change and then maybe change for a little bit and then continue to go back to the toxic things because they're not addressing the, the root cause, right? Yeah. Um, 
And I know that she doesn't want to be toxic, right? I know that she doesn't want to be feeling this way. And I, and I can totally deeply empathize with that, but it's not your job to help her figure out what she needs to do in order to not be exercising this toxicity on other people. Yes. You don't need to bear the brunt of it. You, you don't, even though she loves you more than anyone ever has, right? There is an abundance of love in the world, yes. right? There, it is not tied specifically to this woman or this relationship. And so, yeah, it sucks that she loves you and that that love comes out in this really toxic way, but that doesn't mean that you don't, that you have to put up with it or that yes. you have to bear the brunt of that toxicity. Yeah. And I want to say too, to myself and others who see themselves in the girlfriend's, you know, actions, like, you know, maybe begrudgingly or embarrassingly. Um, I love, I love the, again, the vulnerability and the, and the sharing of the, of what happened when he, when, when he finally was like, it sounds like I'm making you really unhappy. Yeah. I think we should break <laughs> yeah. up, you know, that is such a that is such stark clarity to be said in the face of a confusing wound, you know, like in the face mm -hmm. of all my insecurity that just like why I love that is because my cycle of insecurity is like unless I stop and and actually acknowledge the fact that I am lovable, I am worthy, I am worth being with with someone that wound will fester and fester and fester and literally will create scenarios to fester over so that I'm always getting the band-aid, the reassurance from my partner instead of actually healing, healing my wound. Right. And so how mm -hmm. that happens is literally always, you know, like we said in the clothing thing or in the letter, like I could obsess over every single friendship that my spouse has or every single ex that she still talks to or every, you know, like when she goes to the gym, who is she hanging out there? What is she wearing? What is she, what is her clothing saying about her? Like the wound will find ways to get temporary band-aids, whether it be act mm. out, you know, like whether it be like, you know, create a, a relationship in which I'm never triggered. So my partner never goes out and sees anyone else ever. <laughs> he never <laughs> interacts with them or it creates scenarios like, Oh my God, you wore that to the gym. That makes me feel so insecure. And then my spouse says, this is all imaginary, but then my spouse would say, Oh, I'm sorry. I love you. I, I only want to be with you. So it's another temporary band-aid. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Um, talking to the, the example from the letter, talking to the girl about a work related thing. Oh, this made me feel insecure. Who's this girl? What's her deal? Let me put a bandaid on that by, by comforting you and saying, I'm not attracted to her. She doesn't mean anything to me. It was just a work thing. Like there's this cycle of false comfort that happens when we don't address the core wounds, which is, which is the anxious attachment style, which is the idea that we are unlovable, you know? This is all to say, I fucking love the fact that this secure boyfriend said, it sounds like I'm, I'm regularly trying to comfort you and affirm you, and you are regularly choosing to find more ways that I'm hurting you or find more threats to our relationship. It sounds like I'm not enough. It sounds like I can't do it. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. in, the, in the face of that clarity, the girlfriend's like, just kidding, I'll do the work to keep my insecurities at bay or like, I'll do the work to heal myself. But, but it was temporary. Like the boyfriend said, I just, I think that's such like a great illuminating thing. And I want to mm -hmm. say, like, I feel like I've ignored you, Paul, this entire letter, 
But I want to say, great job. You're right. Yeah. It sounds like you can't love her enough. It sounds like like she needs more. It sounds like you can't. It, that sounds so painful to say, but like it sounds like she needs a lot and that it's not only that you can't give her everything she needs. It's that like you don't deserve to. You don't you deserve someone who believes you when you say I love you. I only want to be with you or whatever the parameters of a relationship are at this time, you know. Um, yeah. And the like Sam was saying, the core of this is, and this goes for everybody in every relationship, whether it's family, sibling, lover, whatever, other people's wounds are not yours to heal. They're not your responsibility. Mm. I mean, my core understanding of the universe is that other people's feelings are my responsibility. And I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to reckon with the fact that that's not true. That like, if somebody's feeling upset, it is not my fault it's not my job to fix it because so often to fix other people's wounds it means to sacrifice parts of ourselves unjustly you know for sure and in this scenario like it's i don't know where the relationship stands right now you submitted this you know a month ago or whatever but it sounds like you've done enough and that you're just staying with her to appease her Mm-hmm. Like yet another Band-Aid. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that you you know that you need to break up with her. You've tried it multiple times. Um, and so now I think you need to recognize the fact that like you got to hold to uh, you got to stick to your guns on this. Yeah. Right. And know the fact that she's going to promise all of these different things that are going to change and know that from past experience through this pattern that you've been through that change will happen for a little bit and then it'll go back to these things and you're both making each other miserable right like you ask about like how do i break up without causing pain you're already both in pain mm. right like you're mm-hmm. already both sort of being inflicted with all of these tiny cuts all the time or even deep cuts all the time in this relationship and breaking up is not going to make those tiny cuts or breaking up is actually going to be a relief from those tiny cuts, right? Like it's going to feel like a big stab in the heart, but it's actually you two removing your, yourself from the situation so that you don't continue to hurt each other over and over and over again. Um, and yes, like that big clean break is going to hurt really bad, but it's a clean break, right? Like it's going to heal. It's going to be able to, to, to do what it needs to do in order to like get to a place where it feels okay again, as opposed to living in the situation where you're just constantly slicing and dicing each other. Yes, absolutely. Um, And Sam and I've said this a hundred times on a hundred past episodes, but it bears repeating to myself, to Sam, to all of our listeners, you cannot move through this world without hurting someone else. You cannot break up in a quote unquote, nice, perfect, painless way. That is not Mm. like, your request of how to do this in the most, in the, in the least painful, most nice way is in fact, the most nice way. (laughs) The fact that you're considering her feelings at all, you know, that you're, that you're considering the time spent and, and how this is going to affect both of you. But guess what? If we keep, if you keep looking for a way to break up that doesn't hurt her, you're never going to break up. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. If you're looking for the perfect way to break up with someone that doesn't hurt them and doesn't complicate things like that's that's not going to happen. Right. It's always it's always something. Yeah. And it always hurts. And and again, we're we're searching out that sort of clean heart 
so that we don't spend as much time in sort of like the toxic sludge that is currently your relationship that is hurting you both the entire time. Tell me about that clean hurt more. Give me an example. A clean hurt, like, you know, you cut off your arm when it has gangrene on it. Oh my God. I I meant like a relationship example. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let the gangrene spread is what he's trying to say. For sure. Honestly, no, a, a, a clean cut would be to to block somebody on social media, which allows you to miss that person, right? Allows you to feel the emotions of what it means to like have physical distance between each other, but doesn't make either is, of you do the emotional labor of like consuming the the like the I sure. miss you's, you know what I mean? Giving each right, other space. For sure. Again, it's like a bandaid of like, Oh, I get to see this person. So therefore I feel close to them, but it's not real. It's fake. It's like, and it's just another, another tiny hurt. Um, so I think, I think, you know what you need to do, bud. And we, we are with you on this. Um, and know that the pain that you're going to feel and the pain that you're going to inflict because of a breakup is going to be in the long run, a healthy and happy thing for you to do so that you both aren't in this relationship where you're treating each other so poorly right? Where you are constantly hurting each other. And, and again, you're not doing anything wrong in this relationship, but the, the things that you're doing are hurting her. Um, and it's not your fault, but that's the reality of it. And so putting some distance between you two, I think is going to help you both figure out what needs to happen next in order for you to heal. Absolutely. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. We hope this helps. All right, friends, this brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. Every show, we want to shout out something that we love that we want to send you home with. And this week, we are setting you up with a book. It is called Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Um, it is sort of hard sci-fi, so like be prepared for that. <laughs> um, but it is, it's a really good book. I, I just finished it um, a couple of weeks ago and really, really enjoyed it. It is about like a future earth sort of at the peak of the earth empire. Um, they haven't found any other alien species in the, in the galaxy or the places where they've traveled. Um, and so they decide to terraform all of these planets to make them ha- habitable for um, creatures. And then create this virus to help uplift monkeys into like a new species Mm. of, of human. Um, And things go wrong. The empire collapses. um, The monkeys don't make it to the planet. So (laughs) instead the virus (laughs) decides to uplift uh, spiders. Ah. And so (laughs) the last, uh, the last of humanity is leaving earth, trying to find a new place to live. They're heading towards these like terraformed family or planets that they've heard about. Um, and one of these planets uh, is full of sentient spiders. <laughs> <laughs> that very 2022 for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, having said that and having read the description or have someone describe that to me, the book was very different than what I thought it was going to be. Like I thought it was going to be a lot of like humans like shooting spiders with ray guns. That is not at all what happens. Um it's really good. It is very interesting. Uh, it's very well written. It's like a lot of world building, which I love. Um, and it was just like a fascinating thing. By the end, I was like rooting for the spiders. Like I was like, they're great. I love them. Um, so check it out. It's called Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Awesome. 
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to follow us or subscribe and leave us a five-star rating or review <laughs> wherever you get your podcast. Oh, just leave uh, a review, but like <laughs> maybe remember that we are like whole functional humans behind the microphones. Right. And uh, consider supporting us on Patreon. If you want to support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash pod. It literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis, a.k.a. Big Cats. Make sure to check out his music on Spotify. And remember, in this year, in 2022, we are going to choose to not answer the call of capitalism to not feed that wound more temporary band-aids. We're not going to say, how can I make myself better so that I can become more lovable? But instead, we are going to radically accept who we are, what we have done. We are going to lean into the discomfort and start to actually heal the wound that taught us we weren't worthy in the first place. And if all else fails, just break up. (laughs) 